0: Also, be sure to stick around for the end of every episode where I'm going to reflect on the conversation and offer actionable coaching insights to have a real impact on your life.
1: We are so used to functioning from an intellectual place to exercise other parts of our brain, we really have to pause and hear ourselves and hear what our information systems are trying to tell us before we go out and solicit advice from friends, which is always a good idea, but most of us are really doing that way more than we need to, and it's not helping us manage our energy systems or find how much power we can have to actually solve the problems if we pause for a moment. There's nothing wrong with relying on friends and getting support, it's actually a good idea, but to access your intuition, it is helpful to actually really just be with yourself and be as intimate with yourself as possible.
0: Hey, u it's Ashley Stahl here. As per usual, I'm keeping it weird with yet another friend of mine who is going to be a profound guest on the pod today. We've got Noah Berman. He is a master of intuition and a medium. And I figured who better to bring on than to talk about how we can access our intuition because we've all been there before. We intuitively think something, we ignore it, and then it happens And I think that we all would be so much happier if we could access it and trust it more. Uh, Before before we even get into that, uh, Noah, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I should be thanking you guys. You you weren't here before we started recording, but he came in (laughs) when I was having a bit of a meltdown. Just broke up with somebody and or stopped seeing somebody and was like, what is he thinking right now, Noah? (laughs) So, okay, how to access your intuition. Um, For everybody listening, like what is intuition
1: intuition for me rather in my definition intuition is just knowing things without knowing how or why you know and um whatever it's it's information that comes from a place that's not intellectual or logical and uh when we're not using that part of our brain it's information that actually can show up very quickly um, and very specifically, oftentimes. But th- I would say the reason we're often not experiencing or accessing it is because we're trying to understand something um, intellectually, right? Because you can't understand something that is spiritual and that it's too great, right? It's 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 beyond our understanding, and so there's there's no intellectual comprehension there. It just seems to show up and. It's, it's just one of many information systems we have, just like touching something or feeling something or tasting something, and it's very real, and it shows up in different ways for different people. Um, for me, I would say what's strongest is just a stream of consciousness that I would describe as just like appearing as my own thoughts um, that started at a very young age. So even at age six or seven, I would notice things where I would, um, you know, like at the library or at the elementary school, I would always just type in passwords and they'd be right. And I, I wasn't, I wouldn't even say it was guessing, it was just I knew the password and I didn't know why. Mm. And I always was just like, oh, I'm smart, I pick things up quickly. And then when I got older, I started to realize, like nine or ten, I would ask my parents questions. Like, why is it the people that are mean or that treat children badly that they smell differently? Because I was getting other information systems that were that were, you know, is olfactory my smell. I would get information about people through the smell. So
0: if they're mean, they kind of smell like shit?
1: At that <laughs> age, especially, or if they, you know, if they didn't like children or they had negative energy toward children yeah. as a child, I was sensitive to that. And then when I was 17, I predicted information about a sexual assault. So I had said to one of my friends, I really feel like, you know, this person in your family was sexually molested. I think this is the person that did it. And I think that this person will come forward in three weeks. And everything that I said came true to a T. And after it came true, Um, It was almost like some kind of veil was lifted or being exposed where people, you know, even a week afterwards, someone came up to me and said, you seem really intuitive. Can I start asking you questions? And um, I was noticing more and more of a heightened sense of awareness and just, it went from something being unconscious where I was like hanging out with a friend, smoking pot when I was a teenager and like words coming out of my mouth to, oh wait, something's actually going on. Mm -hmm. And that's when it really switched from... You know, I pick up things quickly, I'm a bright kid, to, okay, I'm actually just really knowing and feeling other people's lives and experiences a lot, and I don't really know why, but I'm gonna keep trying to figure it out. And um, I remember the first startup I was with, it was like one of my first or second weeks in the job, and it was like the CFO was talking in like a cab, and he was like, yeah, yeah, my mom had me, and I was like, she had you when you were 30. And I didn't know why I was finishing a sentence and all these things, and I realized that is freaking other people that out, and I tried to not talk about it. And then in 2014, I predicted an explosion in Harlem the day before it happened. And one of my coworkers lived three blocks away. So after that, and people in the office finding out, it like wasn't really a secret anymore. And I just started being more open, and people just started reaching out. It was like an energy, or some kind of antenna. You know, people just started finding me more after I stopped being afraid or ashamed of who I am. Mm. Ultimately, but you know, what's the question is, what is intuition? Yeah, for me, it's mostly just a stream or channel of information that comes through that's words that that um, feel like my own thoughts or my own, but they're really not because they're coming too quickly for them to be. But it also shows up, you know, smell as I described or other senses, you know, our third eye, our vision will see things or have visions and that can show up in a, uh, when you're conscious or even in your dreams. And, you know, really, I think that in our experience, there, there's information that's always being provided to us to help support us and guide us and get us closer to our truth. It's our own sensitivity and receptivity to actually what's already there, and um, it, it's we're accessing something by working less, not by working more.
0: Creating yeah. that stillness, you know, yeah. a couple of things. It's it's like listening to you. It's kind of like we're these bundles of cells, and mm. I feel like there's so much happening in the invisible that people, um, that we all buy into this belief Mm -hmm. that we are limited by our five senses. Mm -hmm. But I've always believed that we're like these energetic, like octopus, octopi, is that the plural? Where we kind of feel things in our cells around our bodies and we pick up things. And I think that's why, you know, if those of you listening, it's like, have you ever left your house in a really good mood Mm -hmm. and then you get on the Metro or something and you, get off and you're in a really bad mood. And you're like, why? It's like a lot of times you're picking up other people's energy or thoughts or feelings. (laughs) A lot of people are empaths. And and so I think that empaths probably get overloaded and shut off this part of them that can feel or know things. I'm curious, like for anybody listening who is really sensitive person, what are your thoughts on empaths who are listening?
1: I think that every energy is always an invitation, right? So if someone else is depressed and they're around you, in many ways, they're inviting you into their depression. And that's an invitation because some part of that soul wants to feel stood and understand and validated so you can reach in and lift them out of that depression. Because when people are not expressing in a well or healing state, they're asking for healing you know if someone exposes themselves as afraid or bigoted really they're saying i'm hurting please help me in my mm. in my epistemology my perspective if someone's voicing themselves as hurting or, or they're expressing in a way where there's pain or sadness or depressions because in some way it's an invitation for you to help them and to heal them mm. and you don't necessarily have to agree or engage with that energy you can broadcast whatever you want and if you truly are coming from a place of authentic joy which doesn't mean that you necessarily feel great, but just it's good to be here. I'd rather be here than not be here. It's good to be alive because I'm still being gifted with an experience on this earth. that doesn't need to feel good. If you trust that the things that don't feel good are actually put there to help you grow and become more of yourself. But yeah, if you're hypersensitive, it's super easy to pick up on other people's stuff, but usually that's happening because there's some of your own stuff that's uncomfortable to look at. So you're absorbing other people's stuff because it's not benevolent or healing to pick up with other people's energy if you're not in a strong place. Mm -hmm. It's only empathic if you can harness the energy in such a way to lift people out of it. Otherwise we're all just getting pulled down by a negative weight, right? Mm -hmm. So that will always be there and you always can feel other people's negativity and you can always get pulled into it. But the more conscious we become, the more we really realize that everything is a choice. Um, regardless of where we're starting from and that we don't necessarily have to engage or pull down by when other people aren't feeling well and that it's actually not our job to feel bad for other people or pity them because that doesn't help empower them and it doesn't get them out of where they're at if you're not there right and you can be sensitive to someone's pain and also know that in some way it's there for a reason that the things that look ugly are actually oftentimes doing us a service as a teacher to help us evolve. And that um, I think it's culturally endemic that we're always trying to beautify and fix and make things look a certain way so that everyone feels comfortable, but that's actually not always what we're needing to grow. Um, Just because you feel something doesn't mean you have to react to it or believe that it's real or take it on. You can feel someone's sadness, and you can let it pass through you. I can feel someone's sadness and feel the pain in my heart for a couple seconds and ground into the earth and, and um, say internally, thank you for allowing me to witness you. And, um, and, you know, I, I, and, and ask, ask for this person's healing. You can't control how they receive it, but we're all energy channels and we all can send each other love.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know? And whatever that does, I can't necessarily quantify, but I can feel
0: mm-hmm. is real. You know, it I love what you just said because I think we grew up grew up in a world where socially uh pain means don't
1: mm-hmm. or
0: doubt means don't or mm-hmm. fear means don't. Right. And it's like what you're saying is sometimes a feeling is just passing through and it reminds me of my favorite poem, you know, Rumi's guest house poem mm-hmm. where all of your feelings are a guest house yeah. or you're a guest house and all of your yeah. feelings are just visitors. And just listening to you, for everybody who's mm-hmm. tuning in, I'm curious when and how can someone right now, like what is the first step to connect to their own intuition? I know before we started recording, we talked about not listening to other people. Um, and I know we live in a very noisy world where we're yeah. taught doubt means don't, and we're taught yeah. all of these things about feelings.
1: I think other people are good and generally, if you know, if you have people in your life Whether or not all of them are fun or making you comfortable, you chose those people. And they're good for you because they're the people you need to express yourself and be who you are. So it's not like, you know, throw people out. It's just, we're so used to functioning from an intellectual place to exercise other parts of our brain. We really have to pause and hear ourselves and hear what what our information systems are trying to tell us before we go out and um, solicit advice from friends, which is always a good idea. But most of us are really doing that way more than we need to, and it's not helping us um, manage our energy systems or find how much power we can have to actually solve the problems if we pause for a moment there's nothing wrong with relying on friends and getting support it's actually a good idea but to access your intuition it it's it is helpful to actually really just be with yourself and be as intimate with yourself as possible because it all has to do with your relationship with yourself
0: mm-hmm. and why do you think people because i i know i've been there Mm -hmm. and there's so many people who operate and and process information differently Mm -hmm. I think for some people talking about it is healing I think for some people not talking about it is what's healing because for some of us talking about things is a way to avoid it or not even process it right so I'm curious on your side what can somebody do to start silencing considering what people say but start hearing themselves as well
1: I think it, it, you know, it, it comes to, for making a, a, taking a claim and a stand for yourself in your own life, and deciding what you deserve for yourself and what you believe you're worthy of. I am worthy of a life where I'm going to face my trials head on, and, you know, just like you said before about things that are painful or feelful, like a void. Actually, the more we move toward the things that are painful and fearful and the more we embrace and love the trials that we have and, and, and adopt a sense of wisdom that the things that we don't think are pretty in our life are actually the blessings that we need to evolve, then those problems um, minimize much more quickly. There will always be some kind of whack-a-mole because I'm always going to be given something else to grow, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm not going to get upset about it the next time something ugly happens, I'm gonna get really happy because I'm being trusted with another lesson that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the more we get upset or believe the things that are scary are really a threat to us, the more powerful they become. But it's all actually in our minds.
0: Well, I mean, that's like a whole nother level of yeah. me just flinging myself off an existential <laughs> cliff. Like, you <laughs> have no idea. Like, I've, had, I've gotten to this exact stop sign with you mm. and myself. <laughs> and I thought like wow this shit's all made up and how do I even trust my eyes to be seeing something or maybe it's all made up and Everybody sees things differently and you know, and, and a lot of
1: that's true yeah. How you perceive things is based on 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 you You know, it could be totally something else to someone else even if it's the same
0: thing Well, and then it goes into free will and I'm like, right. is there such a thing or do we come in with all of these influences on ourselves and on our being that I mean, I could just go down a real the hole with you right now. I think,
1: I, personally, my opinion is that we're always in choice and we're always responsible, but that there's a part of us, even before we come here, that, that wants to learn certain things and wants to express in certain ways. And regardless of what choice we make, to some extent, we really will be led closer to those experiences because that's what we're yearning to become. Right is a fuller version of where we started, and that means that we'll be presented things to, to get there.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think like one of the things you said before we started recording that I thought was so fascinating was this concept of rewinding the tape. so yeah. I would love for you to kind of walk us through how do we rewind the tape so of our mind. Let's take a,
1: a situation that's not working, and I think that jobs and romantic relationships are really a good place to start because that's where we spend a lot of our time oh. and when those things aren't right nothing else really feels that right. I mean let's be honest here. Yeah. If, we, if if our professional life or our personal life um, in terms of our romantic relationships gets thrown off it just throws everything else off. So usually when there are problems with these things um, we will get signs before it blows up and those signs will be um, through our intuition But I would also say um, just almost through our experience of life communicating with us, that we will get signs or symbols or synchronicities oftentimes that will show us messages. And it's really just paying attention and being present. So, you know, stop listening to other people first, (laughs) meaning not don't listen to your friends, but stop listening to your friends for a while really, so you can hear yourself and be present. And then once you're present here, you, you can, you know, I don't want people to be in their history rewinding the tape, but Where in your life, up until this point, has intuition been trying to communicate to you, and and where maybe can you find examples where things blew up with a job or a relationship, where you had a feeling before it happened, or there were indications before it happened, where maybe you didn't listen and then it got really bad. And that's useful not out of a place of regret or I should have things things differently, because I really feel like it's all unfolding the way it is for a reason. but this will show you where and how information in your life or you personally was trying to show up to warn you or to make this transition easier and that will help you understand how your intuition is unique to you because rewinding the tape you can see those moments and those experiences where you were getting signs or you were feeling something and the way you feel it will be different than the way i feel it or the way my friend I'm sitting next to feels Because we all feel things differently, but we're all feeling something. So um, to be intimate with yourself, right, you have to know how your intuition works. And um, it's not about getting stuck in the past or regret. It's about understanding how your mind works so that you can get back to present and Mm fine-tune.
0: Yeah. It's just so interesting in my spiritual psychology master's program they called intimacy Into Me I see. Have you heard that one? No. (laughs) So (laughs) if you And every time people are like, get intimate with yourself, I'm like, Into you, you see. Yeah. So it
1: is seeing it's sight. It is. It Mm -hmm. is. It's a
0: a level of sight. But Mm -hmm. I think that we are and this is kind of the premise of the book U-turn that I'm trying to write right now is Everybody thinks they need clarity, but really that's not the problem. Clarity is already here. It's that we're not connected to ourselves enough to hear it, see it, or feel it. What we
1: need is to let go of the sense of needing. Because that's not a sense that we're loved and that we're provided for.
0: Mm, right?
1: And you can't have really a sense of trust, which is where intuition comes from, if you feel like you need something. You really have to feel like you're being given something. Um, this is making me laugh because, like,
0: right like when you true, walked in, I But what I you're, you're no... being given
1: is non-physical. It's not the guy. It's not the girl. It's not the thing. It's not the job. Those things come and go, and they'll wear different faces. They're all reflections of you. And if you're creating from a high place, it shouldn't be hard to manifest something you want. But um, it's it's that's not about a really those complicated things.
0: concept. I think that's not something I've unpacked on this podcast. What do you mean by that? If you're creating from a high place, it's not hard to manifest what you want.
1: If you're really coming from a place of love for yourself and others...
0: Alignment? Doing something you really want to do? No?
1: Sure. But you can do something you really want to do, but if it's not coming from love, it's not really aligned. Right? So if you're aligning your own personal will with a sense of love for other people, then you're aligned. With a kind of an external energy and internal intention. Mm-hmm. So that's alignment as I see it. Mm-hmm. We all have our own understanding. I can't prove this. That's my belief, is what alignment is. But I also believe that if you're really coming from a place of I, I love myself and I love other people and I wanna give, things will kind of work themselves out that, you know, things can always g- g- turn around or, or, or show up in a place where, you, you know, you're functioning. Um, if you really are coming from a place of how can I um, make myself better, make people around me better, make the world better, I believe that it, um, things will show up to support you in doing that. Because mm. I, I, my belief system is that that's how it's worked it, so far in, in my life and every person I've witnessed who's, who, who wants it. Yeah. If you really want it, you can have it, but you got to be coming from the right place. Otherwise, you can't hold it as easily.
0: You know, this reminds me of when you walked in the door and we just started talking and catching up is that I like to think I'm in alignment as far as like I hang out with people I want to hang out with. I take on projects career-wise that I want to do, but it's sometimes, and I think there's a lot of people listening that they probably, some people do like their job and they like their friends and they like their partner, but There's something that doesn't feel easy. Like I don't always feel a sense of ease and grace, even though there has been for me when I really examine my life and my results. So I'm curious for anybody- I don't
1: think that we're here for things to be easy. I don't think that we're here to be happy all the time. I think that we need to go through different levels of discomfort to grow. And I think that things are painful sometimes.
0: Hey, U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I wanna make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Career Clarity Lab, the online course to help you find your career purpose in the workforce and upgrade your confidence. So if you're ready to unlock the best career path for you and you'd like to try a free version of our clarity course, just head on over to U-Turn Podcasts dot com slash clarity that's y-o-u-t-u-r-n podcast dot com slash clarity now let's get back to this week's episode but not everybody feels this sense of being here to like i think everybody has different core values we all come into our bodies differently Mm -hmm. For me, I want connection, and that has been a healing force for some people in my life. That I want to be connected to them, and as a result, it makes an impact.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I haven't, I haven't ever felt this sense of coming into like, I've, I felt like I've wanted to be a healing presence for people because it makes me feel good too. Mm-hmm. But I've never felt like I need to, I have a mission to like change the world or something like that. Even if I am, that hasn't been like a motivator. So. I'm hearing with you, it's like... If you change
1: yourself, it's impossible not to happen. Yeah, You don't need to feel like you're on a mission to change the world. The world doesn't necessarily need to be changed. If we open our hearts more and um, allow in more sensitivity, it will. But the sense of it needing to be changed is is a sense that there's something broken that needs to be fixed. I don't feel like that's the way to go about it. What if it's already beautiful, but it can be augmented?
0: Well, so, okay, so everybody listening, it's like step one stop listening to other people value what they have to say consider it be mindful of it and find presence to hear yourself so One of my favorite ways to hear myself think is meditation and I know it's on trend right now. I will tell you where I'm not on trend is like, I hate yoga. Like Mm yoga is like my worst nightmare. So thankfully I haven't gone to yoga. You should see me. I look like I'm about to like rob the place. Like my eyes are like (laughs) dodging around when I'm on the mat. I'm like, get me out of here. I don't know why. Like I'm just, I, I guess my I'm buzzing too much or something to settle into it or I'm not that flexible. I don't know, but there's many ways to quiet your mind uh, those of you listening, I downloaded Insight Timer app and I have absolutely loved Sarah Blondin's meditations, um, one on accessing stillness. Um, it's a totally free app. And if you want to blow your own mind, get noise canceling your phones and you won't be the same person. It's like a surround sound movie where you are going into this stillness and it's incredible. Um, I'm also curious though, Noah, what are some actionable Bite size, like if you try this, you can access stillness. Like maybe some people, nature is going to help them access their stillness.
1: well nature will should almost always help everyone, mm-hmm. you know, for sure, just it does. And I think even barefoot, you know. Careful if you're on the East Coast because of the ticks, but. And it actually increases levels of serotonin production and has been linked to lower levels of depression. And we absorb it through contact with soil, either through breathing it in, airborne through the soil or touching the soil.
0: So this is soil that kind of smells like shit when you're driving through Oxnard where they have all the farms.
1: Well, that might be a couple of other bacteria going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, bad smelling bacteria is usually actually comes from Staphylococcus aureus is one of the main strains that causes bad smells.
0: You just are full of all the information. Well,
1: I know a lot about bacteria. Yeah, yeah,
0: you do. And you probably psychically have all sorts of, okay, good to know. And, um, and so, okay, nature, I think another thing. I think thing, using
1: your body as a channel. is really useful so like if you're still in your so those of you
0: listening have you used your body as a channel Noah if you
1: haven't it's really easy and I can tell you to do it in less than a minute let's go yeah basically 80% of intuitive questions that you're going to be starting yourself out with at first are yes or no does this person like me? Is this right for me? Is this not right for me? Yes or no? Right? Like most intuition can be boiled down to the yes or no. Using your body as a channel is does it feel more open or more closed? I use
0: constriction yeah, or expansion.
1: Yeah, my heart cavity. If I'm sitting up with my legs folded, middle of the room, if I ask myself a question, do my shoulders roll in? Does my my back roll toward the ground? That's a contraction is my chest expanding or my shoulders going out is my is it getting bigger is my back getting straighter? That's an expansion it feels right okay so that's that's yeah. body language yeah. that's it's
0: just names right yeah. so for example, yeah. Noah, if I say yeah. Ashley Stahl, obviously massive expansion happening. Right, exactly. <laughs> but if we say like Voldemort, like, you yeah. know, closing. It's more
1: contracted there. Yeah,
0: total contraction <laughs> city. <laughs> okay, well, I actually do that. And yeah. you know, it's funny, a lot of my friends are into this. And so yeah. when we talk, it's even our language is different. Yeah. I'll talk about a guy or a friend or a business deal, yeah. and my friends will talk to me in a way where they'll say, he feels good. Feels He feels good when I'm hearing you talk about him. Yeah. He doesn't feel good. Yeah, And they're literally referring to an expansion or a contraction in totally. your body. So yeah. it's a tool, I think, for everybody to use. Another tool that I know about just from a personal development standpoint is ask your parents or, you know, whoever raised you, what did you do when you were a kid to kind of calm your mind? My mom told me. So interesting. Yeah. She was like, Ashley, you're a batshit crazy kid. I was. And I, I got kicked out of preschool mm-hmm. for headbutting, which a lot of people listening know. And not headbutting one person, but the entire class. And my mom said that whenever I threw on a movie, something with nature, or something like, um, there's a movie called The Snowman, like a snowman cartoon, she said you would just check out and you would become still. And to this day, as a grown-ass woman, when I have a rough day, if I go to the movies, I access a level of decompression, of stillness, and I don't go often enough. But it's almost like I completely absorb myself in the movie, Mm -hmm. and I come out so much more centered. So I think anybody listening, use this as a tool. Like, what feedback do your caretakers have about what really soothed your system and calmed your energy? Mm -hmm. Such a good thing to ask yourself. And, okay, so stop listening uh, to other people more than you listen to yourself, Mm -hmm. potentially. And then, rewinding the tape. So everybody listening, Noah said... Go back in time. Look at those moments where you might have realized something was off, something was wrong, and and take a look at like how did you know? Did you yeah. feel something in your body? Did you think something? Did you see an image? What was? How did you collect that feedback that yeah. something was off? Yeah, and then
1: it, you know, and validating it also builds confidence. And there's more way one more than one way to do that. So you know, maybe you're starting to feel things more and. You have a weird feeling one of your friend one of your friends or their couple they might break up. Just as an example, write it down and then you know, Bob and Sarah are breaking up in three weeks. If you for some reason feel that way or not even that specifically, I just, they might break up in a month or two, or I just feel like they're breaking up. Date it, and if it happens, wow, I predicted that. How did I know it, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: also, well, because
0: a lot of people break up. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you if you get a good sense of it happening right before it yeah, happens. Yeah, totally.
0: I had that with actually a business yeah. deal. A really close friend of mine just did a partnership mm-hmm. with someone and immediately my body contracted. I was like, this is not a good business partnership. This isn't going to last. I feel really bad about this.
1: Yeah. You know? You can ask specific questions. Does this person have integrity? Does this person have integrity toward their relationship with me? And you might get different answers too, right? Mm -hmm. So, the more specific the target, the more specific the answer Mm -hmm. as well, which is really important. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you don't have to ask really complicated things. It can be simple, like, is there a breakup? You know, just in the beginning to validate that what you're feeling is actually coming true, it's not just in your head. And also, community to other partners. You know, I think um, the whole thing here is that distance gives perspective. So um, when you're rewinding, you're giving distance because it happened a while ago. So you're not as upset that you had lost the job. When you are taking a note and forgetting about it and going back and looking and validating it, you gave some distance to it. You know, the perspective of like, oh wow, I actually it was right. The more emotionally attached you are to the result, the harder it is to read on. So if it's you're reading on something for your own life, that's actually harder in the beginning than to read for a complete stranger because you'll really be using less information that's based on empirical evidence when you're divorced from the topic. And that information generally has an emotional charge. And when we're emotionally attached to an outcome, getting the job, getting getting whatever, then we're less likely to hear a clear answer because our own desired result is attached to what we're seeing somehow. But that's why I think, you know-
0: Rewinding is so good because yeah. you're not attached anymore. The yeah, results yeah. already happened. Um, All right. Well, so that's a good exercise for anybody after this episode is to take out a pen and paper and think, okay, when did you know something and you didn't listen to it and it exploded anyway or Or, the feedback was right? And if you could take yourself back into the memory of that knowing, how did the knowing show up for you um, in your heart, in your body, in your mind? It should feel
1: like it's just appearing or like it's pouring out. Uh And it, it generally... Intuition, accessing intuition is not so much training a muscle or learning how to do something. It's something that is inherently there in abundant amounts. It's in clearing the things that are passing us from noticing what's already ever present.
0: And okay, so moving forward, you said another step to accessing your intuition is to feel your feelings. And this is actually... I know you said this is about presence, so... Mm-hmm. It's
1: about presence, That's also about permission and allowance. Ooh, tell me more. Yeah, because I think that we often feel like it's not good or it's not okay or that our feelings aren't safe. And we can feel however much we want to um, if we give ourselves permission to or we allow ourselves to. But I think that we don't because of control which really is just another layer of fear that we feel we need to control ourselves or control the situation or control other people's perceptions of the situation so we get what we want. But actually that control to contain ourselves stops us from seeing and blocks us from our lives actually being bigger, right? So it's about releasing our control um, and rigidity over how we should or shouldn't feel or how we should or shouldn't present and Not being afraid of a loss of control, actually embracing that, is where more of um, a feeling state comes from, and uh, that's really where my information comes from, is my feelings. I feel like this person is being honest with you. I feel like this person's not being honest with you. It's just a feeling. Honesty feels a certain way, and when you bring up a person, I'll feel that energy, and I'll feel whether or not that feels honest. It all comes from a feeling state. Mm-hmm. And it's a drawing reference to when I felt lied to before. What does that feel like? And if I bring this person to that, how does that feel? You know, it's it comes cool. from feelings. So have
0: you ever been betrayed by your feelings where you completely misread someone? Because I think a lot of us, the fear might be, okay, let me give myself permission to yes. believe what and I think. saying. and it's always
1: when it comes from an attachment to a desired outcome.
0: Oh, fuck, that's so good. Yeah. Everybody listening, your yeah. feelings are pretty much always right. It's just when you're attached to an outcome, it's tainted.
1: Right, because you're not fully able to see because you don't have the distance to have the perspective, which gets us to external validation. Mm, Right, we're all intuitive, so even if you have friends, I can't tell you how many people I've met who've never had a reading before, never done a reading before, and just meeting me, you know, will be able to tell me things about um, what's going on in my life who've never done things like this before. And that's what you just did with me right before this podcast, you'd never done a reading before in your life for someone mm-hmm. and you did one for me and you heard um, the name of an ancestor of mine that had passed away and described how she felt and were able to give me clarity about lots of things and these are things yeah, that guys this is real I
0: like if you're listening when never you ever
1: in... ever ever done or tried before in your life and sitting down with me who you haven't known that long um, you were able to give me information that was accurate that I could validate that actually really helped me get clarity, that I couldn't get clarity on myself because I didn't have the distance to have the perspective for myself, which is why Mm. it's so important, even if you're really good at this and you do it for a lot of other people, to have community and to have external validation, Mm. right? where you are practicing with partners or friends, even if they haven't done it before. Oftentimes that makes it even better because it's fresher and you have less of a story around how you do it and what it looks like.
0: You know, this is just giving me so many thoughts around all of the times where I've been attached to outcomes and not been able to hear myself think or feel myself, feel what's actually happening. Um, And so I'm curious, you know, just listening to you, and I had a whole nother thought that just totally left my brain, but I'm curious just listening to you You said, find ways to validate your impressions. So Mm -hmm. you'd said, rewind the tape, take a look, see how you felt, get feedback on Mm -hmm. where. You talked about feeling your feelings. What are some ways to validate your impressions of things? If you have an intuition on something, how can we validate that?
1: Well, it depends. Like, here's an example. I had one, one client who was in a lawsuit and related to a business, and I said, the person that um you're suing stole more money than you think they did and they you know my client thought that this person stole money but they actually stole more money and um i said the year that it happened and around which months in that year and around how much money and she looked it up and it was all true
0: Mm.
1: right so i had a feeling i shared it and she validated it so it doesn't have to be that specific again it could be you know um, someone you're really good friends with, you might take the risk to say, even if you have no logical reason why, I feel like you're having a really hard time with your dad right now, mm-hmm. you know? And if they say, yeah, how did you know that I really am? That's a validation. That's that little feeling that, okay, I, for some reason, got that. I listened to it. I asked and I said it was right. And even if someone says, no, no, nothing's wrong, listen to the intonation. Because oftentimes people will say nothing's wrong and they don't want to own nothing's wrong. So you could validate it and it could be right. Or just because someone doesn't validate it, that actually doesn't mean that it's not right. Sometimes people will deny things where they feel uncomfortable, even if you feel it. So still trust yourself, even if you're not getting the validation. Mm-hmm. Try to find situations where you feel you'll get the validation you need so you can show to yourself that you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. And coming closer to a sense of uh, clarity which is really the goal.
0: So those of you listening, Noah walked in and we've met before and hung out before. And this time he walked through the door and I was kind of going through heartbreak today, which is like, as you guys fucking know, the usual. <laughs> <laughs> I just stopped seeing someone that I really adored. And he walked through the door and I was like, ugh, Noah, I'm in it. Do you have any feedback? And what Noah did it was actually really quite fun that a medium um, has never done with me is you said, well, what messages are you getting for me? And it was such a fun switch and surprise. And
1: so. And actually, really healing because when we're acutely in pain, sometimes getting out of your own needs or the own things that are bothering you and showing up for someone else makes your problems a lot smaller. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we're not feeding into the fear of the acute trauma. Mm-hmm. So if you give our, ourselves exercises of, you know the times we really feel how can i show up for anyone else my life is such a mess right now that's the time you really 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 should show up for someone else because we'll help you realize actually your life's not that big a mess everyone's going through something and even while i'm going through a mess i actually still have the capacity to help someone else and how amazing is that yeah And how great is that of me that i really do have that strength that even though my own problems are too daunting i can still show up and that's not in a escapist way or a self-effacing way. We're still responsible for our lives, but it makes attending to our lives easier when we don't feed the fear and think our problems are bigger than they are.
0: Well, or you're gonna be like me when you leave like Hot Mess Express. I'm gonna go <laughs> lie in bed and cry for a good hour. But you know, um, there's, there's a couple of things that you pointed out. Oh, and, and by the way, those of you listening, so he flipped it on me and He's like, do you hear any names? Do you see anything for me? And I saw a J-A-N-E, maybe Jeanette. I, I, and I was too shy about it because I felt crazy because this is not something I do. Right. And you were like, it's not crazy. I love how you normalize yeah. it. And I'm like, that's cute that the medium is normalizing mediumship. But for right. every day, like, it's a very weird experience for people who don't tap into this is unusual. Right. So um, I said, I'm seeing a J and I'm seeing an A and an N. And he's like, yeah, that's the name of somebody who passed away and I'm like do you have a lot of people who passed away and he said no and he has asked-
1: the only relevant person really you could bring up that's passed away Yeah. yeah
0: yeah and he asked me what messages she had and I just kind of like talked it kind of feels like for me like you're just talking out of your ass mm-hmm. but it's actually it's coming from something which is what you define intuition as is knowing what you know without. it how
1: feels that way I. because it doesn't have a lot of weight it's a lighter energy yeah. so it doesn't feel like you're talking with a lot of gravity because you're pulling it from somewhere else yeah i love yeah. that yeah yeah
0: you guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna be setting up my Yelp account. Five stars on Yelp. Ashley's <laughs> medium readings. <laughs> Jesus it's gonna
1: be a, a whole new podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just
1: discovered a whole new part of yourself. Ashley
0: going batshit create Everybody's gonna have to sign a release before they get on the podcast. I'm gonna give them a reading and like shit's gonna hit the fan. But
1: I do believe, like I believe we're all <laughs> we're all creators. Like we're all conscious yeah, creators, and our words are powerful. And You know that as a writer and communicator. So what you say becomes the reality. If you say something's weird then that's what you deem it. That's your jurisdiction of it. Mediumship's weird. If you say that's normal, then it is. And actually it is because it's natural and it happens all the time. And for me, it's normal because it's how I live my life every moment and every day. So that's my normal reality, a supernatural or paranormal energy, because it's greater than us mm. um, to give without expecting. I couldn't feel um, other people's feelings or understand other people's stories unless in some way I've been there. And maybe it's not the same experience or the same story, but I can't understand that you're feeling ashamed or why unless I felt shame. I can't understand what it feels like to be an outsider unless I felt that at some point. Like, you know, but I also think that we're human. And sometimes if you, you love someone or something, and you feel like it's supposed to be in your life, maybe you really feel like it's supposed to be in your life and you're supposed to be fighting for it for a reason too.
0: Yeah, but sometimes there's spiritual bypassing where people bypass the truth because they're like, it's meant to be. I'm supposed to be struggling like this. It's a part of my soul's journey for me to be with John, even though he slept with three strippers and stole my credit card. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know where this shit comes from in my head, but that was the example I did. But
1: that really happens. Yeah. And if you're that, invest in that relationship,
0: that you're abandoning yourself.
1: You're not going to see it unless someone else tells you.
0: hmm
1: But you can see enough to be open to someone else telling you.
0: Do you know what this reminds me of is I read a book called The Science of Happily Ever After. And I have a yeah. bunch of studies about relationships because what the fuck else am I doing on a Friday night? than reading this. <laughs> <laughs> and it talked about how a study was showing that friends of couples are always much more accurate on the future and potential of that couple than the couple themselves. Um, and that's I'm, just
1: what we've been saying this whole
0: time, yeah, that's what we were saying this whole yeah. time. why because they the friends are not attached to the outcome they're attached to their friend being happy, yeah, and so they look at the other person, they're probably yeah, evaluating yeah. their their new partner's integrity mm-hmm. and what they're feeling on that guy if they feel good or bad for their friend, um, and so there's a neutrality, a level of detachment to the person their friend picked that allows them to see clearly, so. I think what you're describing was really profound, that you, mm-hmm. the reason we can't feel the accuracy of our feelings is because we attach to outcomes. You're
1: too close to it.
0: Oh, it's yeah. so hard to read the label when you're inside the jar.
1: You know, I have another friend who, you know, when she loses her keys, she'll go up to someone in the street and say randomly to a stranger, you know, she does readings, whatever, and she'll say randomly, straight, if you were me and you didn't know your keys more, where would you think they'd be? And just randomly will pick someone she feels she can ask and get the answer because she knows she can activate them but she's too close to it so it's i'm not the only one who who (laughs) has that trick up my sleeve yeah good to know well
0: no wonder you We're all
1: radios yeah sometimes less we can are conditioned we are to the fact that we are radios the better we are at it
0: our little antennas are up reading information and feeling situations all the time you know everybody listening i would love to just give you an invitation right now where um, maybe you want to write down the top 10 people that you spend your time with that you're around that you have in your life whether it's work or or love or friendship and just Say their name and feel if they, what your body does. Does it feel good? Does it feel like relief? Does it feel like contraction? Expansion. I'm so curious for you. Uh, Noah. This has obviously been pretty freaking amazing I'm curious. Where can everybody find you when they want to learn more about you?
1: I'm on Instagram at at Noah Berman. I'm Noah Berman on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And you can find me at noahbermanwellness.com. And I also have lots of healthy products that I formulate you guys can consume.
0: Channel Um, straight from the gods.
1: One is called Higher Mind Wellness, which is coming out in November that I would love you guys to try. It beverages for brain health, mental clarity, focusing, and alertness.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has yeah, been great. of course. So fun. Hello, friends. I absolutely loved this episode and I found Noah's thoughts on intuition and instinct to be so powerful. And those of you who think it's pretty off the wall that I sometimes kind of tap in and pick up things, I think it's pretty off the wall myself. And so it's not something that I really talk that much about or use. Um, But sometimes I do find that it's almost like we are these little octopus You know, octopi. I don't even know what the plural of that is, but we have our little invisible tentacles just out feeling things all the time. And recently I had a lesson from the universe on listening to my intuition, and I'm still kind of sitting with it and remembering it. But the short of it is that I ended up going to Bali last minute with my friend Sam Skelly, and we were planning on both writing our book because we have the same publisher, a publisher called Hay House. And she's on a much tighter deadline than me, but we thought, you know what, let's go to Bali for a month and really focus on writing our book. So we get there and the first thing she does is she rents a motorcycle and she asked me if I was going to rent one too. And I told Sam, no, you know, like I had a friend whose dad passed away on a motorcycle and even if I was over that, it just doesn't even look fun to me. And she was like, all right, no problem. You know, she's super cool like that. But multiple times throughout the trip in Abood in Bali in the jungle – We would be at a location that was like 20 minutes from our hotel and I'd have to wait 20 minutes or 30 minutes for the hotel to come get me. So there's a lot of times where she'd have her motorcycle parked and she'd be about to leave a location and I'd say, Yeah, I'm gonna wait for the car. You know, like once the car comes, I'll I'll meet you at the hotel. And so there's many times where she'd look at me and say, Are you sure you could just hop on my bike? And I'd be like, Yeah, it's all good, no problem. Like, I really motorcycles feel like a strong no for me. And she's so respectful, she's like, No problem, I'll see you at the hotel. So I'd wait for the car to come get me. And eventually, three weeks into the trip, two weeks into the trip, it just started to feel like kind of a drag where like she was able to kind of be mobile and Leave quickly, and I had to wait. So eventually, I started judging myself, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just YOLO. Maybe I should try the motorcycle once. Maybe I should just, you know, stop being so conservative about this. And so, there's this one time we were at a cafe and we were going to a pool, and it was a few miles ride. And she said to me, Are you sure you don't want to just hop on? It's open road, it's open jungle road. Like, there's not traffic, there's not people. If you were to try a motorcycle, this would be the time. And I really didn't want to do it and I really strongly felt an intuition like this isn't good for me. But for some reason, I just felt like I had something to prove and it wasn't even to her. It was almost like to myself like I was judging myself as being someone who isn't easygoing or isn't fun You know, because I wasn't willing to go on a motorcycle, which is so silly because I'm super easygoing about a lot of things. And I think that's the case in life. A lot of the times we judge somebody as easygoing, as confident, as however it is. But the truth is that everybody is is in some way something and in other ways not that thing. So in my case, I'm super confident in my career. I'm super confident in my friendships. Sometimes I'm not as confident in other areas. It's like confidence doesn't go across the board. So is the case, I think, when it comes to being easygoing. Some people are easygoing in one area and not so much in another. And I think it's so silly as a society how when we talk about people, we judge them as one thing and we write it off the bat completely as that thing. So I told myself, you know, you really got to ease up, Ash. You got to get on this. So against my intuition, I got on the motorcycle and with it was just a two-mile ride, five seconds into the ride. We weren't even going that fast. Something flew into my eye. I rubbed my eye. I didn't think much of it. We, the day goes on. The next morning, I woke up. My eye was swollen shut. I ended up having to go to the ER in Bali three times um a week into it um god bless the woman in the er she started to recognize me she said you come back in 3 days i looked down at my phone and i pressed book now on kayak and was like i'm not coming back i'm going to america i need a hospital i need to get this taken care of and there was such a long period of time where i was in recovery and i'm i'm actually doing this note to you right now this audio to you at the end of my recovery so my eye is still swollen right now it's been three weeks I've been on house arrest I got a virus something that went into my eye it swelled up my eye my whole body was reacting to it Uh, and it's just I can't help but take a look at the truth which was that I didn't want to be on the motorcycle I had a strong intuition that motorcycles weren't for me and I did it anyway and I find that more often than not in life when you really strongly feel like something's a no for you and you push past that barrier um, Yes, I am all about growth. Yes, I'm all about leaning into resistance. But when something feels like a hard no for you and you push past it and you don't listen to your instincts that something is good for you or not, I think that there's such a spiritual lesson there. And so in my case, I've been reflecting over the past few weeks, being on complete house arrest, just going to the doctor, spending a night in the ER. Once I got off the airplane home at LAX, I went straight to the emergency room and stayed overnight there, hooked on to antibiotics and Now that I'm on the end of this crazy spiral, I just can't help but think about what is the meaning that my eye (laughs) was swollen shut for three weeks. I lost my vision for a while. What does that really mean? So I want to end this now with you thinking about what is a time where you felt like something was a bad idea or it was a no for you and you did it anyway. And what were the thoughts that you had as you did it anyway? What was the judgment that you had on yourself that made you push past your no and push into doing something that you really didn't want to be doing? What were you telling yourself about yourself? Uh, Because I think that usually that story you're telling yourself, you know, in my case, I should be more easygoing, I should be more fun. I am easygoing. I am fun. It's just not with motorcycles. (laughs) You should see me in the club. (laughs) Anyway, um, I hope that this story was of support to you and I hope this question really sits with you. This is Ashley Stahl signing off. Can't wait to connect with you next week on the U-Turn podcast. I've Mm -hmm. had to go through different
1: feelings to know what they are just like everyone else.